Thanks for joining us this week for the Church at Sturkey Hills podcast. Be sure to visit our website at sturkey.church to find all the latest information and upcoming events. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Sure, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Lights, please. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Well, nobody says it like Linus. And uh, that's where we're going to be today. We're going to be looking at Luke chapter 2. Now, Christmas is important, but I want you to understand it's imp- not, not, not because it's important to us. It's important around the world. It is considered the most significant day in all of history around the world. There's a lot of days that get uh, celebrated on a particular day on the calendar. But there's none like Christmas where the celebration begins uh, well before Thanksgiving and will extend even into the new year. It's celebrated around the world by more people than any other celebration. There's no celebration, no holiday that receives as much decoration, as much celebration, and as much revenue uh, spent on a holiday like Christmas. And who would have known that, it, it, that it's all because of this little baby born in obscurity, in a situation where it was scrutinized, uh, in poverty, the son of a uh, stepson of a carpenter, the, uh, the son of a mother who everybody questioned whether or not this was Uh, a baby from God, or she had just uh, had a relationship outside of wedlock. But it is this baby that would change the world. It was this baby that would come 2,000 years ago that 2,000 years later, we still find reason to celebrate. This year, literally billions of people around the world in this last month uh, will have taken family photos, or we'll do that today. Purchase gifts, receive gifts, host parties, attend parties, sing songs, watch TV programs, and travel long distances to be with people that they seldom get to see and often don't even really care that much about. That's what Christmas looks like for us. And it cannot be ignored and it cannot be missed. It's everywhere we look. Now, the signs and the symbols of Christmas are everywhere. In fact, the birth of Jesus impacts every other day of the year. You see, everything hinged on Jesus coming to this earth. When Jesus came, all of history divided into B.C., A.D., before Christ, and A.D., Ado Domini, the year of our Lord. Your birthday this year hinges on Jesus. It's just amazing when you think about that. We're here today on this particular day in this particular year because of the birth of Jesus. He is the center. He's the hinge pin of everything we do and everything we know. And so Christmas is a really big deal. Now, 
Jesus is God's perfect gift to mankind. That's, that's why we celebrate Christmas, and that's why he changed the world. Because he is God, he is from God, he is the first Christmas gift, and he is a game changer. He is given to be the Savior of the world. In, in Hebrew, it would be called the Yeshua HaMashiach, okay, the Messiah, Jesus, the forecasted and predicted Messiah. And so, so Jesus came as the first gift. Now, we like gifts. We, we like giving. We like receiving. Some, strangely, strangely enough, like to give more than they like to receive. Most of us would rather receive. Now, we all have had times in our life where we've received a gift, and maybe it was at Christmas, and maybe it was under a tree. Maybe it was at a birthday, and it was at a party. Maybe it's just throughout the year somebody chose to give you a gift because they like you. And we all like to get a gift. Jesus is the one that started that. Jesus is the one that started the Christmas giving journey. Now, when we get a gift, often we find instructions or information connected to that gift. And it helps us know exactly, precisely what we're getting. And the intention of that box or that container of that package is very simple. To take away all surprises. And that's what we're going to look at today because we didn't invent that. God designed that at the first Christmas gift. He wanted there to be no surprises for you about Jesus. And so we're going to look at that today, how Jesus, the gift of God with no surprises, aligns itself well with many of the gifts that we give today. And I just happened to look over to my left. I noticed a Christmas tree and there's a gift under the tree. Who knew? So this is what Christmas gift giving looks like often. It's a gift, and the closest we'll come to a surprise is its wrapping. And often, our packages are wrapped in paper, or if you're lazy, you put it in a gift bag. That's what that looks like. Gift bag was created for lazy people, just telling you. Now, it comes wrapped in something. Do you realize the very first Christmas gift came wrapped in swaddling clothes? You may not know it, but the reason Jesus was wrapped in swaddling clothes given to shepherds is because there is a sect or a group of shepherds that were, were responsible for finding, identifying the perfect blemishless lambs to be used on the Day of Atonement. And when a lamb was born, I mean when this lamb was, got here, it would be severed from its mother and immediately it would be wrapped in cloth to be protected so nothing could happen to this perfect lamb. And that's the reason Jesus was wrapped in swaddling clothes. Now this one is wrapped in paper. And so what we do when we get a gift, whether it's Jesus in swaddling clothes or whether it's a gift that we get for Christmas, we unwrap it and you know immediately to see what we get. And, and when we get it, uh, we begin to look at the box and we find out that, that we have recommendations given to go that's how we do it at the house right there and do that here at church and we have recommendations uh, about this now the recommendations that come with a gift are often in the form of a warning and this this box which by the way is a is this product right here one of the greatest gifts a, a child will ever get I bought my grandson one for Christmas and I bought one for me okay just saying because if he's going to shoot my eye out, I'm going to shoot his eye out. That's the way that works. Okay? 
Now, a warning comes like that. Now, in Indiana, northern Indiana, that's what they think the warning is. You'll shoot your eye out if you've seen that movie, and most of you have. But on this particular box, it's very detailed. It has warnings. And, and I, it's kind of funny. Listen to the warning. It says, uh, careless use may cause injury. Do not brandish or display this air gun in public. It may confuse people and may be a crime. Read the manual before using this air gun and always point in a safe direction. You see, the gift comes with a warning. It comes with a recommendation. Listen, this is really on the box. Listen at this one. This product can expose you to lead, which is known to the state of California to cause cancer or birth defect. No other state knows that. (laughs) Or no other state cares. Okay? Because it's insignificant. Whatever the reason, it, our, our gift comes in a package that has recommendations. But secondly, I want you to see it comes with a description. And the description is a name and an explanation of what's going to be contained in the package. This one says, Buck Model 105, a .177 caliber BB air gun. And when we read it, then we expect that to be in this package. The third thing I like is application. It says, best for a small frame, that's certainly me, and beginning shooters. It says, recommended for use by those 10 years of age or older. It tells us that the product contained in this package is for a particular application. It is for someone in particular. Fourthly, We keep looking at the package. We find out the specifications of what is in the package. It says it is a 400 shot, 195 yard distant, 29.8 inches long. It weighs 1.6 pounds. It has a fixed rear sight and a smooth bore steel barrel, cross bolt trigger lock safety. Boy, that sounds good, doesn't it? I'm going to give one to a seven-year-old. That's important to know. He will never have it that I'm not there. I'm just saying, okay? Now, lastly, it tells us the origination of the product in the box. It tells us on this one, this product came from Daisy Outdoor Products, Rogers, Arkansas. Now, you know when you read the box that you expect when you open the box that what you would get out would fit the description of what you just read. And voila, when you do... It pretty much looks like what the box said. No surprises. Now, if there were surprises, if it said all of that, and I opened it up and pulled out a jump rope, okay, they're not going to be in business very long making BB guns. But they have been. Daisy has been making BB guns for 120 years. And if things don't change and the Lord doesn't return, 120 years from now, which I don't think we'll be here, but if we were, they'll still be making BB guns. Now, you say, well, what does that have to do with us? It's all about no surprises. The manufacturer of great gifts for Christmas sends us information and instruction to eliminate the surprises. And I want you to know 20th and 21st century manufacturers did not come up with this idea. The idea of packaging a gift And giving instructions to go with it has been around since the very first Christmas. About over 2,000 years ago, God sent the first Christmas gift. 
And Linus read Luke chapter 2 for us. And in Luke chapter 2, it sounds much like the box that this BB gun was, was found in. Now, I want to show you the parallels of this today. And we'll begin by talking about the recommendations or the warnings. We found that on the box, lead causes cancer in California, okay? In the package God sent, he issues a warning. In Luke chapter 2, verse 9 and 10, listen to what he says. He says, now there were shepherds nearby living out in the field, keeping guard over their flock at night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone all around them, and they were absolutely terrified. But the angel said, I have recommendations. I have warnings for you. Here they are. Do not be afraid. And one translation may say, behold. Another translation may say, listen carefully. Listen, God said, I have a package for you. I don't want there to be any surprises. I'm going to tell you what you can expect when you receive this gift. I don't want you to be afraid of it, but for you to not be afraid of it, you're going to have to listen carefully. You're going to have to tune in and get all the information so you will know what you can expect from this Christmas gift, whose name is Jesus. Now, why would he say that? Why would he say don't be afraid? Because God is giving us something that changes our life. God is giving us something that changes the trajectory of our eternal destiny. And when we hear that kind of stuff, all of a sudden, we get a little scared. We, we become like the shepherds who were uh, very terrified or absolutely terrified. Now, God told us this because he knows the one reason, the number one primary reason most people refuse to receive the greatest gift ever given whose name is Jesus is because we're afraid. What are we afraid of? It's the God of the universe giving us the best he has himself in his son Jesus. What are we afraid of? We're afraid of how it might change our life. We're afraid of what it might cost us. We're afraid that we might have to give up something that we're attached to or that we love. We're afraid of what it means for tomorrow and the next day if we give ourselves to God. Meanwhile, God is the manufacturer of this gift, and Scripture says God is love. And the intention of God in giving us this gift is nothing but for, listen, not his benefit. He doesn't need you. He doesn't need me. The benefit of the gift of Jesus, the beneficiary of the gift of Jesus is you. And it's me. And God knows that. And he wants nothing but the best for our life. Now, as we keep reading, just like we read on that box, we find a description. In the description, Luke chapter 2, verse 10, it says, I bring you good news that brings great joy. That's the gift. Here's the description. It's not a buck, BB gun. It's, it's good news that brings great joy. Now, it's a little odd that God gives everybody a gift at Jesus' birthday. If you go to a birthday party this year, you're probably going to take a gift, unless you're a tightwad and you seem to have forgotten. Okay? At this birthday party, God invites people. And he gives all the giving. He, he gives all the gifts. He's the one that does the giving. And, and so he says, listen, I'm going to give you, this is good news. This package is good news. And it brings great joy. Now, the good news would be amplified as you continue to read the scripture. 
the Gospels, and the good news will ultimately be, ultimately be called the euangelion in the Greek, which is the message of Jesus Christ, the gospel, the saving, uh, the saving formula for people who are lost and separated from God. And he says it'll bring great joy. Great joy comes because of the good news of Jesus. Listen, when somebody receives the good news of Jesus in their life, it brings them great joy. I remember as a 10-year-old boy, I was an idiot, and God decided he loved me anyway. He's cool like that. Okay, he picked me, and he invited me into his family, and I didn't really understand anything. Theologically, a zero, okay? Doctrinally, a zero, maybe a negative, okay? I got nothing, but I knew this. In this moment, the God of the universe whispered into my soul and said, hey, I'll I'll take you just like you are, but I don't want to leave you there. And I've already done all the work in Jesus. And if you'll just let Jesus come into your life, I'll change your world. And he did. And it works. That's what he does. Now, great joy came into my life. The very next day, I was in the third grade. And I went to my teacher, Miss Higdon. She's a rock star. She's in heaven now. And I told her, I said, Miss Higdon, I just need to know this. Are you a Christian? And she said, well, I am, Joel. Why would you ask me that? Because I got saved last night. She'll tell you. If she was here, she'd tell you. I said, I got saved last night, and I don't want you to go to hell. Right? Little theologian right there in third grade. Okay? And she she loved me. The reason I didn't want to go to hell, because she's my favorite teacher in all of my life. She picked me. I was her her pick. Okay? She she knew I needed some extra loving, and she put it on me. Okay? Now, now, great joy came into my life. But that joy then spread. It spread to Miss Higdon. It spread to my parents, because now they felt good that their son's not going to hell. That's a win. Okay, and so joy spread around, and the church was excited, the new family that I was in, the family of God, joy was there, but I want you to know it extends. When somebody receives the good news for great joy found in the gift of Christmas, whose name is Jesus, that great joy is not just in our circle here on earth. That joy extends upward into the realm of heaven itself. In fact, in Scripture, Luke 15, 7, it says there is rejoicing in heaven over one who repents and ultimately is saved. It's great joy, this package. The next part I like. I like them all, but I like this next part. Just on this BB gun, it says, for a small frame. And it said for 10 years old and older. It tells the application, who it's for. God does that in Luke chapter 2. Who is this first gift, the greatest gift ever given? Who's it for? He tells us in in. In Luke chapter 2, the second part, he says, to all people. I looked that up in the Greek. And that word all, you know who that means? Everybody. It includes all of us. That's it. His gift was given to all of us. Now, we all like to get a gift. Some people more than others. And you can pretend like you don't like to get, oh, no, I I don't want one. You lying in the core of your being. Everybody likes to get something. Everybody likes to be loved. And something is cool about a Christmas gift that has your name on it. Most of us, or many of us, have had Christmas uh, traditions that included maybe drawing names or maybe gifts given, and the name would be on the package. And there's something about a name on the package, and it's important when it's yours. And you know how this is. You're sitting around, and people are passing out gifts. If you've got this tradition, it's a fun tradition. You know, I got a gift for Jimmy. And you're not Jimmy. And you're like, big deal. I don't really care if Jimmy gets anything. Okay, I've got one for Cindy over here. Great for Cindy. Don't really care. But something happens when they call your name. You can't really 
You can't really contain it. You, you do, you can, if you still have gifts to, pack out, to pass out, watch this. None of them will do like this. Uh, Joel, I got a gift. Yeah. No. Yeah, the hand goes up. Don't be giving that gift to somebody else. Okay, that's my gift. It's got my name on it, right? And you know, and we get possessive and territorial. Don't mess with my gift. Somebody inadvertently opens a gift and they get it out and it's not their gift and it's your gift. You're like, great, ruined my surprise. What do you say? I guess I get to open one of yours then, you know? Unless you're playing Dirty Santa, don't be messing with my package. Now, I'll tell you a funny story. I, I, I married into a great family. I love my, my extended family, my in-laws. And, and Kendra's grandmother and her grandfather were raised in pretty extreme poverty. And they worked in the coal mines, and her grandmother was a seamstress. And, and they worked hard, and God blessed them. And, man, she loved being able to give gifts for Christmas. I mean, she loved it more than most people you'd ever know. It was a big family. She spent a lot of money, more money than she should have ever spent. Well, every year they would pass out these gifts, and, and she would spend to the dollar, the same on every person. And every year they'd be passing out gifts, and maybe you've been there before, and somebody, you could either spend all of your money on one big gift, or she would spend all your money on a bunch of little gifts. And if you got one good gift, and you know it's a good gift, and it's an expensive gift, it's cool, and it's great, but there's just something envious that rises up in you when somebody's got a half a dozen over there, you know? And so it became this game. Where every year the one that would have the most packages, yeah, Granny Cleta, I guess she loves me the most. It was a thing. Every year it was a thing. And it's a big family. Well, you got to know me. I'll dive into the middle of something. So about the middle of December, Granny Cleta was putting all the packages under a tree. And I just happened to be around. And I went home and I got about 10 things that I already owned. And I put them in boxes. And I wrapped them with her paper. And I put to Joel from Granny on the tag. And I snuck them in under the tree. Now Christmas Eve comes and there's literally hundreds of packages filling up that side of the room. I mean, it's a big deal. Well, they start passing out stuff and I know what's coming. Nobody else knew what was going to hit them. Every other name, Joel, over here. Joel, over here. I'm telling you, I had hit the mother load. I had a pile of gifts, and everybody in there, envy is rising up. I know it is. I mean, even my wife, Kendra, she didn't get it. Granny Cleta had no idea. She's thinking, and I could see it in her eyes. She's going, she's like a puppy, you know. And, and all these piles are coming up. And, I was, and, and, and so you know, you know what I'm saying now. I guess we know who Granny Cleta loves the most. I started opening presents, and I knew which ones were mine. So I opened hers first, and there's, okay, everything looks cool, and, and I'm still got all this. I started opening stuff, and nobody knew. And then all of a sudden, I pulled out a shirt that Kendra knew I'd worn before. And she, and, and this is how she said it, you already had that shirt. Oh, Christmas spirit rose up big in her. Now, it was a fun night. It was a fun night. Now, I tell you that story, one, because it was, it was fun. Well, I enjoyed that so much. And, but also, the significance is this. Everybody likes a gift from someone, no charge, no strings attached, with your name on it. Children love it. Adults love it. We gave gifts to my mother yesterday. She loved it. Her name was on the gift. And, and this first gift that came the very first Christmas, God sent his son and he gave application to it, and it includes you. 
Now, generally, it says to all people. But we're going to see in just a minute that he doubles down on that and he gives us a little bit more information. Number four, specifications. We saw the specifications on this box for this BB gun to take away the surprises of what might be inside. Verse 11, God does the same thing. God says in verse 11, today your son, or your savior is born in the city of David. He is Christ the Lord. Your savior, now, now he dials it in. And it's not to all people. He says it's for you. Everybody say me. Your name is on this package named Jesus. He dialed it in and he says, listen, I want you to know the specifications of the gift I'm giving you. It's no ordinary gift. This gift reaches into the core of your being. It tags onto the soul of your existence. This gift carries you into the whole, a whole other dimension of this life and into the next he says he's your savior. That word is soter. He is your deliverer. He is your preserver. He is the savior. He is the one who came to make you right with God the Father. He's the one that takes your broken sinfulness, lavishes himself on it as a gift, and makes you right before God who created you. I'm telling you, man, this gift is something else. He goes on, he says, your savior is born today. You don't have to look for him anymore. You see, in Genesis 3, when everything fell, and Adam and Eve are hiding in the bushes naked and ashamed, and God confronts Adam and Eve and Satan himself, and he gives the first prophecy of the coming Messiah. He says, the seed of woman and the seed of, of uh, and your seed will be in, uh, in opposition to each other, and you will, you will bruise uh, his heel, but he'll crush your head. He told about the day when Jesus would ultimately die on a cross and rise from the dead. And, and that's what he did. He, he says, now, you're, this Savior that God said thousands of years ago was coming, he's here now. You don't have to look anymore. You don't have to try to find something to fit that empty void in your life. You don't have to look for some relationship, some man, some woman. You don't have to look for some financial thing, some material possession. You don't have to have riches or accomplishments. You don't, have to you don't have to have the greatest likes on Facebook. You don't have to have that anymore because the gift I'm offering for you to you, it's the gift that will fill your emptiness. And you, he's born today. And then he says he's born in the city of David. The only reason he says that because for prophecies for hundreds of years, God said, this is where Jesus was going to be born. So he tells us the specifications. God knew precisely what we needed. If we needed to be smarter, he would have sent us a teacher. If we needed to be wealthier, he would have sent an economist. If he needed a, a truth stretcher, he would have sent a politician. If we needed someone to applaud, he would have sent an athlete or a singer. That wasn't our greatest need. Our greatest need was a Savior, someone to make us right with God. So that's what God sent us. So sweet. We've all gotten things for Christmas before that we kind of had to fake it. We open it up, and it's one of those Christmas sweaters that you're like, am I supposed to wear this to the ugly sweater party, or am I supposed to like this? And 
So you don't know. So you pull it out. If you could just capture it, you know, it's like, I don't know what this face is doing right now, but I, I, I got to think about something else other than this sweater, okay? Or we get something and we're like, I don't even know why somebody would think I wanted that, okay? God knew what we needed, and he gave us a perfect gift. Listen to me, just our size, perfect for our application, whether it's a small boy or girl, whether it's a senior adult, whether it's someone caught in the middle, Jesus came and says, I'm for you, and I'm the perfect fit for your world. You see, we all need a Savior. God knows that. Scripture tells us, and we have to agree with it. Romans 3.23 says, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And you can run from that. You can deny that. But the truth is, it's true. And if, if, whether you admit it or not, if you, don't, if you don't admit it, I'll find people that know you. They'll admit it for you. I'll ask your spouse or your children, the people you work with. They'll own it for you, okay? We've all sinned. We're on the same playing field, and God knows that. So one gift is universal like this. It fits everybody. The second thing we know is that in 1 John 1, 8 through 10, it says, if we claim that we don't need a Savior, if we, if we claim that we don't sin, Scripture says we are fooling ourselves and simply not living in the truth. Isaiah 59, 2 says this, because of sin, we are cut off from God. God knew that. When we deny or ignore it, God knew it. And he said, I don't like it. I'm going to do something about it. And he knew he was going to do it before time even began. And that's what Christmas is all about. It's about a gift that has an application that has your name on it. Number five, and finally, we learn about the origination. The BB gun came from Arkansas at the Daisy Manufacturing Facility. What about the first gift? Did it tell us about the, its origination? It says in Luke chapter 2, verse 13, Suddenly a vast heavenly army appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on, and on earth peace among people with whom he is pleased. When the angels left them and went back to heaven. The origination or the origin of the greatest gift ever given on the very first Christmas over 2,000 years ago came from heaven. It didn't require UPS. UPS is awesome. Didn't require FedEx. FedEx is awesome. Didn't require the U.S. mail or it may not have made it for Christmas Day. God sent this gift from heaven heaven to this world when everything was perfect everything perfect means in all of our imperfections God saw a perfect opportunity to rescue that that's what Christmas is all about it's about God loving you and loving me enough to come here with a plan to live a perfect life and die a sacrificial death I'd like for you to just bow your heads for a minute close your eyes Christmas is founded on God's infinite and indescribable love for every single one of us it, His love is a love so deep so wide, so great where, that He would offer the most valuable gift not ever given that He ever possessed His Son, Jesus for to be the priceless sacrifice on our behalf. 
And that's what Christmas is really all about. And it is this gift, the most valuable gift we could ever be given. And it is this gift that will last forever. It's Christmas Day. And it's the day that we celebrate the birth of the Lord Jesus. We celebrate this as Jesus' birthday. And today, if this is, Christmas is like a birthday party for Jesus, we typically like to take a gift to the one that we're celebrating, his birth. But the question is, we've asked many times, what can I take to the person that already has everything? And boy, does this ever apply to Jesus. He, he holds everything in the palm of his hand. Jesus is the creator and the sustainer of all things. Scripture says all things were created by him, for him, and through him. What could we take to a person, this person, who literally has everything? With your head bowed and your eyes closed, I want you to know he doesn't have everything. There's things that he doesn't have. You say, what is that? Those things that you and I refuse to give him what is that our life maybe we just refuse to give him our life we want to live our life for ourselves. we don't want his gift maybe what we need to give him is simply a renewed commitment maybe a renewed loyalty maybe a new level of obedience to his will and his way maybe a new level of faithfulness and committedness to him maybe we need to give him our gratitude for all that he's done in our life we all have hurts and setbacks but at the end of the day we got Jesus waiting for us in heaven preparing our place and everything else fails to compare to the glory of what he's going to provide for us in the next life maybe you're here today you say, how do I make that commitment? How do I give him this gift? One way to do it would be simply to make it known. And you can do that on your connection card today. You could turn it in. Just say your name, your phone number. This is what I gave Jesus today. Maybe today you'd want to come and pray and just give it to him. You can give him that today. And maybe if you need to give him your life, it is as simple as saying, God, I agree with Scripture that I am a sinner. I just agree with it. I know it. I have been as long as I've known myself. But God, I truly believe that Jesus came on that first Christmas as a gift from you to me. I received that gift. I understand the specifications, the recommendations, all of the details. I, I understand all that. There's no surprises. I'm going to stop pretending like I should be surprised. I take Jesus as your gift to me this Christmas. Come into my life. Forgive my sin. Help me live for you from this day forward. Thank you for choosing to put my name on the greatest gift ever given. Father, we thank you for the day. We thank you for Christmas. We thank you for the opportunity to celebrate Jesus. God, I pray that the name of Jesus has been lifted up. I pray that every person in here has a fresh awareness of the greatness and the, the magnitude of the gift you've given 2,000 years ago that just keeps on giving today and will through all of eternity. And so, God, we praise you. We thank you. We love you. If there's someone today, God, that needs to receive your gift for salvation, 
I pray that all other spirits would be bound and your Holy Spirit would be at work in their heart and they will know with clarity that you are inviting them into your forever family. And God, for the rest of us, help us just simply have a renewed mindfulness of the magnificent glory of your gift whose name is Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope that God spoke to you through this message. If you enjoyed the message, be sure to subscribe to our weekly podcast and visit our website at sturkey.church to find all the latest information and upcoming events. Be sure to join us again next week. Until then, may God bless you.